Today is June 30th. That's a little more like it. Buckos get the bats going and sweep the Padres. Young Bucks getting it done. A lot to talk about. You're listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and sitting in for Jake today from Pittsburgh Baseball Now, Cody Patanko. What's up, dude? What's going on, man? It's uh, it's a pleasure to be on. I've been meaning to come on for a little bit now. I'm glad I can do it now. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been talking. Jake, is, his new job has him working some nights and so... We've been talking with a couple different people, and and Cody, we've had I've talked to you probably three times now, trying to get you to come on and just to, to see if we can get those schedules together. So yeah, I'm pretty pumped. I'm pretty excited. I play about hard it. to get, man. I play hard <laughs> to get. You got me. Third time's charm, baby. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we have uh, interestingly, we have a lot of young player things to talk about this week. Mm. Uh. Pirates get a sweep when it looks like, I think last week we just kind of felt like, is this the low point? Mm-hmm. And maybe, but maybe not. But either way, uh, some things kind of happened throughout the week. It felt like everybody's getting hurt. And then they kind of showed up. Yeah. Yeah, they, they really did. Um, we we got to give shout outs to the young guys. Like you said, Henry Davis uh, seems like he put a spark into this lineup. Um, I, I was doubtful that he could provide this much of a spark early on. I obviously think he's a, a damn good talent, but I didn't think he'd provide this much of a spark. Um, and to a smaller degree, man, we, we got to give shout outs to Jared Triolo, who has shown why he won multiple gold gloves in the minor leagues already. And, uh, Nick Gonzalez as well. He's put some good swings on balls. And, um, if, and this goes out to my man, Anthony Big Bear Murphy. Uh, if he can work those counts, guys are going to give him fastballs. And we all know what he does to fastballs. Yeah. It's just a matter of if Nikki G can get a hold of a breaking ball. And <laughs> that's that's remains to be seen right now. <laughs> There's time. <laughs> There's plenty of time for him. Yeah, we like to do right. uh, we like to do something on here where we give him a little round of applause. We got first hits for Triolo. And Nick Gonzalez, first home run for Nick Gonzalez in the series. So I give him a little clap right there. And I think that's really cool. Triolo's debut, the whole nine yards. Um, I love it. But yeah, I mean, definitely uh, felt like there was a spark. Um, a couple different things. I mean, we talk about the young guys showing up. And and um, anytime young guys come up, I feel like there's a spark. I mean, you see what happened in Cincinnati when Ellie De La Cruz came up and they ran off 12 straight. And there's an excitement. There's, you know what I mean? Things like that. And I know that this team is already young, but it's different. Debuts are different. And, you know, everybody kind of gets a little youthful, even when they're older, whenever the young yep. guy comes up. Um, also a part of that, and we're, we'll get into all the young guys, do all that stuff. Also a part of that, though, was McCutcheon has a players-only meeting um, e- either mm-hmm. Tuesday or I don't know if it was during the Monday day off or whenever it was. Um, I mm-hmm. thought I understood it to be Tuesday before the game, but 
he kind of downplayed <laughs> it. Some of the other guys um, were kind of vocal about it uh, being pretty impactful. And so I don't know, like, where do you, where do you sit with, I mean, I know that, that like the timeline matches with a lot of things. Yeah. And so I don't think that credit necessarily has to go one place, but where are you at with, with guys like, I mean, McCutcheon's not a very outspoken guy to the team like that, like rah, rah guy. I thought that was yeah. really interesting that he did that. Yeah. And I, I think we, we have to get into this uh, from a different perspective, I guess to say, um, I, I think credit can go to the youthfulness uh, with the Pirates bringing up Triolo, Davis, Gonzalez, and the player meeting, I'm sure, has something to do with it, too. I mean, you have all that youth in the locker room, and you have a 13-, 14-year vet in Kutch. And I'm sure Carlos Santana had to, uh, a part to play in that meeting as well. I mean, Rich Hill. I mean, these guys matter to these young kids. They see what they've done. They've seen what they've accomplished. And, you know, it's kind of like when your dad says, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. <laughs> and that hurts a little extra more. I, I, I don't want to say that's what Cut said. I don't want to put words into his mouth. But that kind of has that feel to it. You kind of want to go out there and prove dad wrong and in a way and say, look, I can play. And I think that's a big part. But the youthful uh, injection is also a big part. So I, I don't want to give credit. Uh, to one more than the other. I think it's more of an even split. Um, I don't know, but what what would you say it's an even split? I mean, it seems like it, Josh. I think so. I think it really is because I would have no, I would have uh, I would have chalked it up to the youthfulness and the and the debuts and things like that. Then I hear I actually hear later about the players only meeting, um, and McCutcheon, like I said, he's more of a as as far as from where I can see and understand. He's more of a um, motivate uh, by watching him and for him to, to come and do that. I mean, you even see the videos like this is I know this is like off, but you even see the videos of like him. Um, I think it was after like the 2000th hit or whatever. And they they wanted him to give a speech in the locker room and they put that up and he's just like kind of awkward about it. You know, what I mean? like yeah. it's not his thing. And so I always think those things are really interesting. Um, so I can imagine that was probably awkward even for him to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think there's, I think if you could go like McCutcheon motivating the young players, but then the young players going out and, and playing well is going to also motivate just from everywhere that each other and, you know, possibly um, get a little spark to guys like McCutcheon and, and Santana and, you know, some of the older, I guess that's probably about it for this team right now, but um, yeah. I mean, shoot, Hedges had two hits in a game, right? <laughs> maybe yeah, he, magic, baby. Maybe the magic. he was inspired. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, it, in the conversations that I've had with McCutcheon, you know, the one-on-one -on -one talks, um, you know, I bring that up to him uh, to go back to the players-only meeting thing. Uh, he does look at himself as one of the leaders in that clubhouse, and he wants to set that example. So, I think that does nothing but, you know, further power your argument of him leading by example more of a more than a raw, raw guy type thing. Um, both have their advantages, but I, I think more of a leader by example is needed in that clubhouse more than anything. And the talent is there. It's just it all has to culminate. And 
I'm not going to say the Pirates are going on a 20-game win streak or anything like that. I mean, it's baseball. <laughs> Crazy stuff happens, man. Look at the Oakland A's and how they treated the Pirates. It, it, it ebbs and flows. But yep. I think the Pirates have kind of reached that point of they're not going to get too low. They're not going to get too high. Do I think there's a playoff run in this team? Probably not. They're not ready yet. But I think we're starting to see some of these pieces come together. And this is where, and or not Andrew McCutcheon, Jesus. This is where Ben Charrington is going to make his money, is these guys coming up and how impactful can they be? That's what I got to say about the youthful uh, injection. It's This is Charrington's make or break right here. Can your guys do it? And against the Padres, they did it. But we all know the turmoil on the Padres clubhouse. So is it real? I don't know. <laughs> I guess the Brewers series we're going to have to see. And it's a big weekend series. It's big. I mean, yeah. this is getting back into the NL Central race. And I know it's still early in the season, but if you can grab a hold of that NL Central, man, I, I don't see you losing it. Mm. it. It's just so hard to you know, look at this division and say that not everyone is involved, except for the Cardinals. They're having a really bad year. But I think everyone involved in that division has a chance at it. And if the Pirates can win their division games, I don't see them not taking a hold of it. I mean, the Brewer series we're going to see. And yeah, they will go from there. Yeah, and if nothing else, going into a weekend series like this with the opportunity to win important games, these are big things that, specifically the young guys, they're going to be able to take something away from this. Win or lose, they're going to learn a lot in these types of moments. They've already done that on the opposite end of the spectrum. And so now it's can you turn back around and win important series that you need to win and so long as they're close and and the division is bad, they're going to keep having these opportunities. Yeah. Uh, I, what a bizarre year, though. You know, we just saw the Padres. We just talked about the Cardinals. And I know the Cardinals aren't quite Padres territory uh, or Mets territory, but those are three teams that were expected to win. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the, the payroll has a lot to do with the oh, expectations. I love it. Yeah, I mean, they created a, a a tax for Steve Cohen specifically, and he said, go for it, guys. I mean, I swear to God, that dude is going to have a billion-dollar payroll one day. I swear. I think he'll just <laughs> do it just to say he did it. He and, could, and still <laughs> lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's like it's not about just spending the money. It's who they spent the money on. And we talked about this a little off air, and, you know, you, you go out and get the Verlanders. You go out and get the mid-30-year-old pitchers to lead your rotation. And that's a recipe for failure, man. I mean, sure, you go out and get a veteran pitcher like the Pirates did in 78-year-old Rich Hill. <laughs> that's fine. That's okay. But you don't fill your entire roster with mid-30-year-olds and expect, yeah, they should be able to go six, seven innings on a regular basis. That's yeah. fine. And anchor no. it with what Verlander's Verlander's over 40, isn't he? Yeah. And Scherzer's like 38. So like you're talking about, and that's your anchor. Right. And you they know? have Quintana too, no? 
Yeah, and I, has I don't think he's I don't think he's back yet. I I, I don't no. think they expect him back for a minute. A while, yeah. <laughs> kind of like the Harley and Garcia situation. <laughs> when are we ever going <laughs> to see this guy? We don't know. Last I yeah, heard, he I, still can't grip a baseball, so probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think we should walk up to Harley and Garcia and say, "How dare you steal Bob Nutting's money, sir?" <laughs> How dare you? I think it's fine. Lonnie Chisenhall got <laughs> ran out of town. Yeah. Didn't you learn your lesson? Mm. No, but uh, that's that's an unfortunate situation with Garcia. I was interested to see how he'd perform out of the bullpen, but, yeah. you know, we are where we are. And, you know, going back to that payroll, man, I mean, it, it's just laughable. It really is. You know, I, I don't know how you feel about, you know, the Padres being in that quote-unquote small market. But I mean, you're, I mean, what is it? $500 million in uh, what? Two, three, four right there. If not yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's insane, man. No, no one should go out and spend that kind of money on people. They're players, man. They're, they're just play. I, yeah. I get it. Play to your value and baseball is a little different. You know, they're signing 15 year deals and it, goes out to be like 20 30 million aav or something like that but it's just ridiculous money being thrown out there and money doesn't win championships that's the biggest thing you can't buy wins in baseball it's just impossible and we talked about that and there's been a lot of people who've made the case that the pirates won't win until they spend a hundred million or whatever and i'm like that it doesn't matter your salary does not matter if you have a bunch of talented guys that are in their first three years you're going to have a small uh, a small salary uh yeah yeah and so it just it doesn't matter it's talent that wins games now sometimes you have to pay for talent so that is fine but that's not the first thing that's the second thing of course yeah and the way that the padres did it <laughs> you put a bunch of superstars on a team yeah. and i don't know if they're in their own way or if they just thought I mean, we could probably chill and still win because we're so good, and it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Like you've got to, you got to play the game. Yeah, yeah, and and you got huge personalities in Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, uh, what is it, Xander Bogarts? Yep. I mean, Manny Machado, these, right? And and these are even Blake Snell. I mean, you can get into their pitching staff too. It, it's it's a whole bunch of alpha males in that locker room and it, it just it nine times out of ten that's not going to mesh it just isn't you need role players you need the the followers not the leaders all the time and it's 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 a recipe for failure and we've seen we've seen the tweets we've seen the reports of how tumultuous that san diego clubhouse is i mean you got guys at each other's throats i think it was graves on twitter said who tarred and feathered a player today in the uh padres <laughs> clubhouse i mean it, it's that bad there man and it it just goes to show like we said money can't win it, yep. it just can't you know even in what 2013 the pirates had I'd have to talk to Ethan Julian about it, uh, yeah. what their payroll was in 2013, but it wasn't all that huge. It, if it was a hundred million, it was barely over a hundred million. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about the dudes you get. 
AJ Burnett, Marlon Bird, uh, Russell Martin. I mean, those aren't big time names, but they're veteran leadership who have been there and done that. And you have the right mix of youthfulness in your lineup. That's a recipe for success a lot of the time. It's just a balancing act. And that's why I don't understand why guys like Shelton uh, get the most hate I've seen a manager get in quite some time. You know, he's dealing with a youthful lineup. He's dealing with a lineup that doesn't have great matchups when it comes to certain pitchers. And his bullpen isn't what you call amazing, but he's working with what he has. And I know you wanted to get into Shelton a little later, but I'd love to dive into the the recent Shelton hate and and his most recent uh, addition into the All Star game. Yeah, hey, Shelton is going to be a coach at the All Star game. <laughs> yes, 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 he is. Uh, it's uh, it's to me, it was very funny. It was very funny right out of the gate because of the hate that he gets, and it was like, oh, now, and, and I understand it's mostly because of a friend. <laughs> So, yeah. so let them, you know, let the tweets go. That's fine. Uh, yeah. but I think it's pretty cool. Um, you know, hopefully, a a good experience and, you know, can bring something back from it. But, um, yeah, before we go too far, uh, let's just go ahead. Let's go ahead and go into it. Cause you, you, you have thoughts on Shelton there. You have, you have thoughts about the all-star game or Shelton or whatever. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to take over the show. No, for a second. you're I thought fine. I was on. I thought I was on 2HG for a second. I was leading my own podcast. That's again. awesome. I love it. I, I I need forgiveness on that. No, you're good. Um, but yeah, it, it's just ridiculous to see the amount of hate that Shelton gets for fielding a, a team that isn't quite built for success just yet. So how can you gauge a manager's abilities based on kind of iffy pieces right now i mean there sure there's some cornerstones in that lineup like brian hayes and uh, brian reynolds and you know david bednar and mitch keller and you know some others that have can't come to mind for some reason right now but it's it's hard to judge anybody when the recipe for success isn't quite there you're missing some ingredients and Maybe those ingredients haven't quite matured yet for you to give a proper opinion. And I, I know it's based on a friend. He's going to the All-Star game. But he has put this team in a position to win. And he has put this team in a position where even Ben Charrington didn't even expect them to be at. I mean, even on his radio show on 93.7, he said, look, we didn't expect to be here right now. Mm-hmm. So what we're working with is house money. And I think a lot of the credit goes to the entire coaching staff. I mean, Oscar Marin, he was going to get run out of town last year. Now everyone's praising Mitch Keller and all of the pitching staff and what they're doing. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder why that is. Maybe Oscar Marin is working with something that actually works. And, you know, Andy Haynes, how much uh, flack has he gotten? And, <laughs> You know, I I don't agree with some of the things that Andy Haynes does, but look at Cabrian Hayes. He added a toe tap. That's all he needed. And Cabrian Hayes is starting to hit the ball harder. He's pulling the ball. He's his exit velocities are always going to be there. 
It was just the launch angle that was the issue, and maybe the toe tap works. And Haynes has been stressing that to him for months. And Hayes said, "Okay, screw it, I'll do it," and it worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did a we did a little deep dive uh, because of some of the things. Um, I don't know if it was might have been last Friday. Um, I forget, but either way, I did a little deep dive into the the thing that we hate the most about Andy Haynes, and this is the, the the game plan of taking a lot of pitches, not swinging at pitches that we believe, like, go out there and attack. I, I could not believe the other day when Connor Joe, in his first two at-bats, swung at the first pitch. I couldn't believe it. And I thought, maybe they're changing something, <laughs> like, right, <laughs> even right there. But what I did was I did a deep dive on what it looks like compared to the rest of the league. Last year, mm-hmm. we were very high on the percentage of pitches – uh, that were called strikes and we're down a little bit during our months that we struggle. We're up a little bit and then we're even down even more on the months that we score a lot of runs, which told me that, yeah, we need to be a little more aggressive. Maybe it just fits our, our, uh, player personnel better. But either way, what I found was we're not the top of the league. We're right around league average. So getting somebody else in, you're probably going to still see the same thing because right. this is a league wide thing. And that's my biggest criticism of him. And when I did the research, I found, Oh, I'd probably criticize the next guy too. So I'm still, I'm still kind of out there. I, you know, I don't like it, but I don't think that it's necessarily Andy Haynes. And it's the same thing with Shelton in the lineups. You look around the league. I did a deep dive, uh, I think it was this offseason in how many lineups, how many different lineups and variations of lineups that that teams uh, put on the field. And he's not the only one like it's It's all the way across. There's very few teams who repeat the same lineup more than I think last year. It was like eight times was the most a lineup went back out like a, a an identical lineup. So it's nuts. It's but it's these are things that are happening all across the league and they're getting a lot of uh local attention because we watch the Pirates, right? And so a lot right. of people point to that and say this is why I have a problem with a guy and um you know, maybe it's maybe it's not just the guy. Maybe this is just the way the league is going right now. And you can disagree with it, that's completely fine. Um but it may not be the individual. Yeah, and I think a, a lot of this, if especially since it's league-wide, is advanced analytic-based. I mean, look at the leadoff hitter uh, for Thursday's game, Jack Sawinski. I mean, he's not a leadoff hitter, but you're going by past matchups, and he matched up best with Joe Musgrove. He was 3-for-6 or 4-for-6 against him lifetime. So it's advanced analytics-based. It's matchup-based, and... and you know, we had what Connor Joe lead off the previous mm-hmm. game on Wednesday. So it's you can't really harshly criticize that when he's going for the best outcome possible on paper. You know, you it's the proverbial old you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You know, Shelton can put the best lineup out there, but they have to perform. You know, so it's. It's not all on him, and obviously he takes this criticism because he's the coach. Sure, he's the manager. He's the head coach. Every, the they're the first ones to get the blame, and coordinators they're right there with them. And hitting coach, pitching coach. Yep. I was talking football for some reason with coordinators. 
<laughs> I got it. I, for some reason, I thought of Matt Canada for a second just because he gets a lot of hate too. Yeah. Um, but it's it. I, I just don't get it, man. I don't get the hate. I, I get the criticism because criticism needs to happen. There are some things he does that I don't agree with. You know, when you pull a pitcher too quick or when you leave him in too long. But that's that's a balancing act there, man. Mm. Everyone does that. The best managers in the world have pulled a pitcher too early or have left them in too long. It's It just happens. It's the game of baseball, and you just have to deal with it. That's what that's that that's my two cents on the matter. There you go. I like it. Well, I think too. I think. Um, yep, lost my train of thought there. Love it when that I'm happens. I'm so sorry. No, you're good. Um, yeah, I don't have it, so I'll I'll just I'll just move on to the next thing. So, um, yeah, we did say something. Um, I was going to say something at the beginning of the episode. Domingo Herman and his perfect game. I didn't. So, um, you know, whatever. I'm going to skip over that. I'd like to go back to Henry Davis for a second. Okay. Um, what is this, seven, six or seven game hitting streak at this point? Seven. Um, seven game hit streak. And I think that you even just said uh, a little bit ago, and you kind of brushed over it, but I didn't expect that he would be, I think, a huge difference maker. He is a like a legit difference maker. Mm-hmm. There has been at least two, but I can think of maybe three or four at-bats that have swung momentum completely or or like the 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 chopper down the line that just broke it open. And yeah. just big-time at-bats and big-time moments for even just one series. But even before that, it seems like he has a... This, this game has not one time felt too big for him, felt too mm-hmm. pressured for him. And I was excited when he came up. I really thought Andy was getting the first call up. I thought they would just do it and give him. And they saw something somewhere and they made the right call. And they, I mean, he's more than ready. And it's yeah. easy to say that when they're in the minors, when they come up, I mean, he's shown up. He has. And I, I could tell that he was ready my last trip to Altoona. Um, I, we talked about this a little off air, but when I talked to Calix Crab about Davis and the developments that he's made in the offseason and the fact that he just goes to work, this dude's a dog. He goes in, punches in, punches out, and he breathes, eats, sleeps baseball. This is this dude's life. And I know guys... Uh, well, fans like to think of Brian Reynolds as the biggest cornerstone to this team. It's going to be Henry Davis. This dude is, I mean, you saw his excitement when he hit the double. You saw him clap his hands. You saw him root for Nick Gonzalez after his first home run. I mean, this dude is a rallying cry. He is a living, breathing, walking rallying cry for this team. And it's it's a, a great thing to see, especially from such a young player. And also, we got to shout out the no the no gloves. Yeah, He's going gloveless to the at bat. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> that's my ADHD talking. I, I squirrel. I mean, that's, uh, that's I'll I'll jump in with the ADHD. Literally, um, this evening played some softball, and I was keeping book. I run the team, so I was keeping book, and then it was like you're up, and I'm like, yeah, 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 and I went without putting my gloves on. I was like, I'm just going to Henry Davis this thing. Like, I'm already there. I'm already thinking on that length. So I'm right with you. 
That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, the power is there. We we've seen the power and, you know, I'd like to see him hit the ball a tad bit harder. He's getting a little bit of lucky hits, but I mean, that's a great thing to see. Um, his approach to the, at, at the plate is extremely advanced. Um, he spits on pitches that most guys would flail at. You know, he he knows how to, you know, spoil a good inside pitch. He knows how to spoil a pitch on the outside. And like I said, he's a living, breathing, walking baseball machine. This is what he does. And the Pirates need a personality like that. They desperately need that. They have talented guys, but they don't have a guy like Henry Davis. And I think Henry Davis... And we talked about this. I think he is the catcher of the future. And I know he's playing right field right now, but his defensive development has excelled in double A, Altoona. It just has. Um, the work that he put in, the the pitch framing he put in, his arm is a cannon. And yeah. I know that's why that's why you like him out in right field. And mm-hmm. I don't I wouldn't mind seeing him throw down a, a runner at home plate because I just want to. Yeah. Um, but I, I think his future home is catcher. And I think it has to be if he wants to continue this path. But that's where I'm at on it. Um, where are you at, I should say, with Henry Davis and the catcher right field situation? So, I mean, we talked about this. Uh, we talked about this before. I I really like the right field. But even just the short conversation before we hit record tonight... I mean, I'm still kind of like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And we kind of we we talked about this on on Monday's show, and we both like while we were recording, I was like, I'll look up Adley, you look up Real Muto, and we looked them up at the same time and realized, oh, they play more than what we thought. And so it was kind of like one of those things where we were kind of convincing ourselves that he could catch and catch most games, where he yeah. still could catch 130, 150 possibly games. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know every year. I mean, we've seen he's had some injuries with the hit by pitches and things like that. So yeah. there are part, that, but that's going to happen whether he's in right field or a catcher. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. So there are, there's still part of me that sees that, but it's the other, it's the other thing that where it's like, well, if we have Andy coming up, so we're going to have a catcher. We're going to have somebody that you could put into that, um, into that position and have him in right field. And then it's then you start to think, who do we have in the outfield? Because we don't love our outfield right now. I mean, we've got Reynolds; he's anchored. I'd lo- I would like to keep him at left. Yeah, absolutely. We don't really have that. Like, I it's not Bay; he's not the center fielder. And I know a lot of people think he is, but I played yep. center field. I'm sorry; he he's making up for a lot with speed, and I've I've shared that before. And he'll get better at it. That's fine. He does make dynamic plays. It's all fine. He's not yeah. the guy. At least he doesn't look like it yet. And Sawinski has been fine. He's not going to like screw up, but he's also like, he's just not a center fielder. He doesn't have the arm in right. Mm-hmm. At PNC, you could get away with it. It's accurate, but it's not like he's, he's not throwing Henry Davis 96 mile an hour into the cutoff, man. That was incredible. Yeah. Or almost <laughs> almost getting uh, Machado just caught sleeping, just walking into second. Yeah. You know what I mean? Things like that. And so, like, I saw that and I was like, man, could you imagine just a power hitting right fielder just hanging out? So I, I drooled at that. But the more I look Gregory at it, the more Polanco I'm like. Gregory Polanco did that to you, probably, didn't he? 
<laughs> what, drooled at that? No, not really. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Cause the, he, the... <laughs> he was always kind of interesting to watch out there. I think he got a little bit of a, a bad rap early, but he definitely deserved it <laughs> later um, yeah. with his, with his defense. He never looked, uh, he never looked graceful <laughs> to say <No>. the least. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I just, you know, Henry Davis, it just felt like it could have been like that could be it. But then again, the more the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, but if Sawinski can just figure out a little bit more, like to me, I'm happy with a guy hitting sixth who's not hitting high, walks a lot and hits bombs. Like at this rate, he's he's a 30 homer guy every year. Yeah. And I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it at first. I thought his rookie year was a fluke, but he's showing the true power. Yeah. Yeah. He showed true power, man. So if he's um, in right, I'm I you know, that makes a lot of sense. There's still we still have a center field situation and I think we have a bunch of middle infielders and none of them are going to be like amazing fielders. Yes. Or, or <laughs> yeah, or just the, like they're all they're all good players. I think that like some of them are going to to surface and be major league players. Starters. I don't yeah. see any of them as, I mean, outside of Cruz, I don't see any of them being a superstar, uh, a, an all-star year in and year out. I mean, are they, are they even, are they even Neil Walker? I, you know, I'm not sure. And mm. so that's, it's kind of interesting to me. I mean, Neil Walker was a 20 homer guy. He's, you know, he's going to hit decent. He's, and he's going to grind out. You know what I'm saying? Like we have some guys like that, probably a little more athletic than yeah. than Neil Walker, you know what I mean? I mean, he was he was most he was one of the uh shift created second baseman. He was very he was good enough because of the shift and um mm-hmm. probably more so than guys like Mustakis, you know what I mean? Like he he could hold his own a little better than that. Um but you get what I'm saying. Like he had pop. Yeah. He had pop from a middle infield position and that's valuable. I see Nick Gonzalez to be maybe a guy who's a 15 or 20 homer guy. But he's going to strike yeah. out a lot more than, you know what I mean, than you, than you really want. So I don't know. Yeah. But somebody will surface, whether it's him or Castro or Bay or Marcano or Pagaro or whoever. I feel like the, the player's there. We just have to see it. And yeah, I know I'm, I've gone like a long ways here um, to get to – I'd be fine with Henry Davis catching. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't know yeah. like – how how far? Because how how long do you start mixing in? Because you have Andy, you have Henry. You're talking about DH, and I'm also like I'm also an Andrew McCutcheon guy. I don't know how I can't be. If he don't finish his career here, how many years are you looking? Your look is certainly going to be the rest of this year. It's probably going to be next year. It might even be one more year of this. I don't know, but but that's it. I don't know. And if that's yeah. the case, we're kind of messing with. That whole, well, we'll DH and catch these two guys and give them days off at DH. And it's like, well, except if you really want McCutcheon, it's that, you know what I mean? So you you do have to figure something. And that's where I think maybe my Henry Davis thoughts were, you know, I'd also like to see O'Neill Cruz play in the outfield. But Henry Davis said, I'm only bringing one glove to camp. And when push came to shove, he's out there and he's and he's playing well. So maybe there's a chance for O'Neill Cruz to still go to the outfield. I uh, I'm kind of uh, sad that you didn't give Josh Palacios a shout out. He's proven to be a very capable, yeah, uh, it's twice three times a week guy. Yeah, it's a and and that's I think one thing that that he's showing 
is he's fulfilling a role that I thought was going to be fulfilled by Cal Mitchell or Kanan Smith and Jigba. And that's Absolutely. a, you know, not one of the starting three, but a guy that you feel good putting in there. And he's exciting too. And, you know, I, his I defensive have, ability way better than the two you've mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm for very sure. happy about, it. you know, we, the pirates need a defensive first outfielder. And I think Palacios has shown high baseball IQ out there. I mean, you saw the way he cut balls off. Uh, you saw him thrown to the cutoff, man. I mean, this this dude is definitely a defensive first outfielder. And whatever he provides offensively, I'm happy with. And it's not been bad? No, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> yeah, not. It's been great. That's one of the things that that's interesting is as we just keep talking about maybe – um, the young guys, and we can keep jumping around. I think the idea here and the the main thing is we're talking about the young guys and how they fit and all that stuff. And and I think Castro, for one, um, is interesting to see. He's done better when he gets consistent playing time, and I really was kind of banking on him to do better when he got part-time playing time <laughs> because I think that's what they need him to do. I think they need yeah. him to be a guy who can play any of those three infield positions have a little pop when he comes in and be that sort of player. Um, and I know he's not the greatest shortstop, but the arm is, is good for there. And, you know, so I, I'll take, you're going to, you'll take the errors sometimes to make some of the plays that he, that he can make. Um, and maybe it gets better. I mean, like we said, he's, he's still young, so he could yeah. still continue to get better at that. But I really would like to see him as a part-time player, and I think he he provides um, something that you know Marcano and and Bay maybe don't, and that's the power. Yeah, yeah, um, and I kind of want to throw a little monkey wrench into this, man. I think Jared Triolo is your future shortstop. You would know better than me. I did see him <laughs> twice in Columbus uh, play shortstop, and. And this is twice. This is two games, right? So, like I said, you've probably seen it more than I have. Uh, I wasn't impressed. I thought that it was. Sure. I thought that it was slow. I, I, the arms fine. I wasn't overly impressed with it. And some of these guys that look so athletic, next to Triolo, who doesn't really that much, and it gets a job done. Um, certainly looks better. I went to three games that week, <laughs> by the way. One game he played third. The other two games he, he played short. And the comfort level, some of the plays he made at third were much smoother and yeah. short were a little rough. He made a couple of errors in, in, I think, two errors in one and another error in another. And I looked it up and I was like, dang, he's made like six errors in like nine <laughs> games at short. And I was like, he's still getting it. Um but I, it's it doesn't have the same feel as as believing that Key Brian Hayes could play short. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but it's yeah. unfair to compare him to Key Brian Hayes. It really is. Yeah. And actually, uh, we were talking about this a couple of buddies of mine, uh, and we basically said Key Brian Hayes and Jared Triolo are virtually the same person when you put Triolo at third base. Hmm. And, and if you think about the offensive output that Triolo can put out and the offensive output that Cabrian Hayes puts out, it's not that dissimilar, uh, especially if you look at the minor league numbers. Not a whole lot of pop, 
average to above average speed, uh, smart base runner, uh, good contact skills, doesn't pull the ball a lot. I mean, all the check marks are going off in your head and you start to wonder, if you put Triolo at shortstop, that left side of the infield is locked down. And then yeah. all you got to worry about is putting power in at second base and first base, and you pretty much make up for the lack of power there on the right side. Do you get uh, do you get Jordy Mercer vibes there with him there if he if he can be, you know, if he can get more comfortable there? I think that's a that's a very good comp. Um, I I would like to think he has a better bat than Mercer, um, but defensive wise. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He's not Jack Wilson at shortstop. I'll sure. give you that. Yeah. <laughs> no one is. Right. Um, but yeah, Jordy Mercer is a very good comp. I mean, you could even argue Clint Barmas was on the same level defensively too. Yeah, very pretty similar, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. I mean, it's worked. We've seen it work. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? For for a year or two, you know. So yeah, that's interesting. Absolutely. And there's a lot of there's a lot of, you know, obviously O'Neill Cruz is is there. Marcano really hasn't been bad. He doesn't have the arm for it, but um, you know He's a good bench guy to have. Yeah, absolutely. And Piguero is is another guy who's just lighting it up right now and you don't know. Yeah. You know, it's it's so weird to me how the defense has been the thing. And I I've said before, like it really bothers me that like the Pirates have never been, never been a team to like get this really slick fielding shortstop that you're in awe of even like Jack Wilson. You could probably get there. You could probably get there with Jack Wilson, but like, yeah, not like I think of some of these guys like Ozzie Smith or Lindor in his, in his defensive prime. You know what I'm saying? Like some of these guys who are just like unbelievable and yeah. making these plays that you're just, you know, your jaw drops. Yeah. And and the range, and that's one thing that we just haven't seen, probably since Jack Wilson, is we just don't get rangy shortstops. Um, no. Cruz could be that, but it's still like that's. I mean, he's impossible to compare to anybody. Yeah, it's just different. Yeah, just I'll different. argue. Pagaro has shown a ton of range ability. Um, I am very questionable of his arm at shortstop. Hmm. His arm is very questionable to me. His range, his, his athleticism, excuse me, is uh, off the charts. And I think him moving to second base is going to help him. Because um, Sung Chi Chang, you know, getting the call up to double A, he needs to stay at shortstop. He is a above average shortstop who is very fast. <laughs> is he the guy <laughs> very, I'm looking for? Very, <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, if you watch the World Baseball Classic, he he and Yu Chang of all people, mm. pirate legend, oh, yeah. uh, dominated for Chinese Taipei, and Sung Chi Chang is one of the young voices on that team, and I'm very excited about him. But that's for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's for another one. I um, like it. But yeah, I like it. The, the, the defensive output that we've seen the Pirates have over the years is very underwhelming. Yeah. Very underwhelming. Um, you know, you had Josh Bell at first base, and now you have Carlos Santana at first base, and you're like, holy hell, that's a hell of a defender. But if you really think about it, Carlos Santana is just above average first baseman. 
Yeah. I mean, he's a major league first baseman. He's what they, he's what they, he's what they should be. <laughs> yeah. As long as you don't put a dead body at first base, it's an improvement from Josh Bell defensively. <laughs> not wrong. That's, that's completely wrong to say, uh, politically correct wise, but that's true. <laughs> um, we, we may have given him a run for his money the a couple of years ago, but we had some <laughs> really poor play at first base as well. But yeah. that's also for another. Uh, that was for a lot of podcasts that we had. I was <laughs> I was decently vocal about <laughs> first base <laughs> in the past. So um, just go back to to the archives. It's there. I don't have to Highly save recommend. it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, that's really. I think we kind of covered everybody. Nick Gonzalez. I mean, the strikeouts are there. I think they're going to be there. Maybe he improves on them. Maybe he doesn't. Like you said, if he can hit a breaking ball, he's he, he's incredible. I mean, he's he's yeah. a big deal. If he if he can yeah. if he can lock that in, it's a big deal. Absolutely, and I think his floor. I, I think he's more closer to his floor. What I think he'll reach. I'd say he's a three war guy. You need that on a team. Yeah, absolutely. You need that. You know, I don't think he's going to wow you defensively. I don't think he's going to wow you offensively, but a three-war guy is needed on every winning ball club. And, you know, that's not bad for a 19th overall pick. I'd take a three-war guy, 19th overall, if that's guaranteed. Nick Gonzalez? Why am I... He was, no, why he am I thinking he was... Right? He was seven, right? 2020? Maybe he was seven. I'm thinking seven. The drafts, man, have been running together for me because oh, I've been yeah. doing draft coverage recently, and each year has thrown me off completely. I am a year off. Yeah, he was everything. seventh. Yeah, twenty twenty, he was seventh. He was the first. He mm. was the first Sherrington draft. That's right. Okay. And I thought it was interesting, you know, like twenty twenty, and then Davis in twenty twenty one, and both of them were. Um, at least, if not the, they were one of the top bats in the draft, college bats. Yeah. And so, I mean, you're seeing that. And, I mean, Henry Davis more so, obviously. I mean, this we're talking 1-1, and he was going to go 1-4, and that's just because people are going to value shortstops. And, you know what I mean, I think that's most of what was, yeah. uh, was picked. Uh, Mayer and uh, I can't think of the other that was up there. Lawler. Lawler, was yep. Yeah, and so like there was guys like that that, you know, that were on the on the list. They went where they did. I still think it's great. I mean, Salamito looks great. You don't get him without doing that. Kind of. Oh. I don't. We're not going to get into the draft this year. What? I I haven't prepped enough. Uh, we are going to talk about the draft soon, but um, I guess I can say who do you pick one one? Do you know yet? Me? Yeah. Without without between, going deep. <laughs> I am between Langford and Cruz. And the more I do research, the more I am very comfortable with Langford at 1-1. Okay. Yeah. I, I've been preaching Cruz this entire time, and I still wouldn't be mad if they draft Cruz. But Langford, he's getting a lot of comps to Henry Davis. We've talked about this, me and a couple buddies of mine that we do my podcast with. Yep. I wouldn't mind another Henry Davis 1-1. <laughs> not the way it looks right now. Absolutely not. No, it's paying no, off. Qu uh, quickest one one to the show since what was it like seventy something, nineteen seventy yeah. something? So like, yeah. 
I I don't know. I mean, that justifies one one if yeah. he's able to do that. I, I am staying the hell away from skeins. Man, I am everyone not like they don't know they're trying they, they you know I'm everyone yeah. I watch they're really just trying to get me to go skeins and I man can't do it. I just I just don't know. I just, I I understand the value. I am just not sure. Pitchers scare me 1-1 one, one, all yep. the time. Yep. 100% you know, there. Not everyone's Garrett Cole, man. Yeah. You know, and Skeens, amazing talent, not one one talent. I haven't heard him complain. Does he complain? I don't think. Well, he's not Garrett Cole then, so we can't we can't we can't make that. We can't do that. That's if he's not complaining classic. about something, yeah, nah, I don't want him. Classic man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Good. so. Um, the weekend series, the Brewers, I, you know, we usually cover this stuff late. We kind of talked about this earlier about going into a series and, and you know, uh, something that's that's meaningful to try to get back into the mix here. Um, but I will cover here. Um, we can probably wrap some things up here. Uh, Beto, Freddie Peralta, Friday. Um, mm -hmm. Oviedo, Corbin Burns on Saturday. I'll be at the game. Um, you said you're going to be yep. there Saturday and cover. Sunday? Yep, I'll be covering for uh, Pittsburgh Baseball now. Awesome. And then Hill, Colin Ray on Sunday. I mean, it sounds like a sweep. Uh, we just, you know, they don't they don't pay as much money as the Padres do for their team, so why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> if only it were that simple, if my friend. If only it were that simple. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, why don't you, uh, why don't you take a minute, uh, talk about where people can, uh, the Pittsburgh Baseball Now stuff, talk about your podcast, let everybody know who maybe aren't familiar how to find it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I'm on there quite often. Uh, you can follow me at 2HG013. Uh, you can follow all my work on Pittsburgh Baseball Now uh, at pittsburghbaseballnow.com. Um, I write daily. Uh, I write the previews. Uh, I give you guys some neat little tidbits. Uh, you know, the matchups, the weather. Uh, things like that. Um, I'm really into writing feature pieces. Uh, expect some uh, from me this weekend as I cover. And uh, yeah, we're bringing back the podcast soon. Two and a half gringos. Um, just got to get all the the business stuff out of the way for YouTube and things of that sort. So looking forward to bringing that back. And uh, I really appreciate uh, you, Josh, for bringing me on and helping me shake the rust off before I start up my podcast again. Perfect. Glad to be, uh, glad for it and glad to have you on. It was a good time. Finally, finally getting yeah. you on. And, um, I know that it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun on our side too. So was it good for you? Yeah. The, the ultimate question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's good. It's a good way. That's to... when I roll over and fall asleep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Hey, thanks again for coming on and, uh, everybody else, um, if you didn't get to listen to Monday's show, go back and listen to it. Um, other than that, um, I think that's all we have for tonight or for today. Let's go Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck. Cannonball coming. And let's go Bucks.